Welcome to Wisdom from the Masters, Hasidic Parsha Pearls. It's been a little while since we've done this recording. It's, uh, things got a little busy over the past uh, few Fridays, but I have something beautiful to share with you today. So as we know, the holiday of Shavuos is approaching next Thursday evening. That is the holiday commemorating the receiving of the Torah on Mount Sinai over 3,300 years ago. And this week's partial, we also begin the book of Bamidbar, known in English as the book of Numbers. And I want to talk about a connection between these two things. Um, and I want to begin with a story. This story was told every year before Rosh Hashanah by Rav Meir Primashlan, one of the great Hasidic masters. This is a story that took place approximately 300 years ago. There was a great rabbi by the name of Zer Shimon Wertheimer who lived in the Austro-Hungarian Empire. And one day he was, he was summoned by the emperor of Vienna, the emperor of the Austrian Empire, and the emperor said to him, I want to know why the Jews have been outcast and exiled for the past 1,700 years back then, it was. And Rav Wertheimer responded to him with the traditional answer, as it explained in the Talmud, that because the Jews have sinas chinam, hatred and jealousy, amongst them and the king got very annoyed by the answer he said that can't possibly be the reason why the jews are exiled i know you guys do a lot of kindness and uh, such a big punishment for something like that it doesn't make sense i give you three days to come back to me with a better answer otherwise i will exile the entire community from my country all the jews will be exiled from Vienna. So the rabbi was very disturbed. And that night he did something called She'elis Chalom. He prepared himself a certain way to receive an answer in his sleep. And when he went to sleep, he was told in his dream that he answered correctly and he doesn't have to worry. The king is going to agree with him. So it happens to be that the next day the king went on a hunting trip with his entourage into the forests surrounding the uh, royal city and they journeyed quite a far ways away and each person in his party was off hunting and the king started following a certain deer and before he knew it he realized he had gone quite a distance away from his his uh, men and in the meantime his men believed that the king had actually returned home because they couldn't find him anywhere so they assumed he had returned home so they also went back to the palace at, at this point it had become dark and the king found himself alone in the forest it was the freezing cold in the middle of the winter and he did not know what to do and he started walking and walking and after many many miles of freezing he finally approached a river and on the other side of the river he saw that there was there were some houses and he had to go through the river. It was a very strong current. He had to take off his royal robes and his uh, his fur coat 
in order to pass through the river without getting pulled down. He went freezing through the river, pushed his way through to the other side. He had already taken off his clothes. By the time he got to the other side, he was freezing, shivering, covered in ice and mud. And he was only wearing his undergarments. And he arrived in the town. He started knocking on doors. And everyone refused to let him in, seeing this horrific-looking person they thought was a ghost. Finally, he knocked on the home of a Jew, a simple Jew. And the Jew saw this frozen, half-frozen man and immediately led him into his house, warmed him up by the fire, gave him a wholesome meal to eat, gave him a bed to sleep in. And the next morning, uh, unbeknownst to him that this was the king, the next morning the king said, I need a ride to Vienna and I'm willing to pay. And how far are we? And the Jew says, we're a few, a few, uh, about a hundred miles. The king says, I'll pay you. Can you get me a driver? And the, the Jew says, I have a wagon. I'm gl I'll gladly take you. The king says, how much do you want? He says, I, I want 400 coins. Okay, 400 coins, no problem. I'll make sure you get paid when I get there. But I have one request. You have to give me your fur coat. I'm freezing, and I need to go there wearing something normal looking. So the Jew gives him his only coat, and his wife is freaking out. This man is probably a murderer. He's going to probably kill you on the way and steal your coat. But the Jew said, no, 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 I'm, sh I'm sure he's fine. And as they get to the closer to Vienna, the king says, starts directing him, and he takes him literally to the palace, to the center of the city. And the Jew starts to get very nervous. They're going to arrest me. I'm not allowed to go this close to the palace. The king says, don't worry. I'll take care of it. As soon as they get right within the palace gates, the king jumps out of the wagon and runs away. And the Jews now thinks, oh my gosh, my wife was right. He's a robber. He stole my coat. He's not going to pay me the 400 Reichsmarks. And he also, now I'm going to probably get a ticket or arrested for being in here for having come so close to the king's palace. And lo and behold, within a few minutes, he's approached by the guards. And they say, the king wants to speak to you. And he says, he's very, very scared. The king wants to speak to me. Now I'm finished. And as he approaches, they say, no, no, the king The king said there's nothing to worry about. As he approaches the royal uh, throne room, the king is now sitting back on his throne in his royal garments, and the Jewish villager does not recognize him at all. And the king says to him, the king says to him, do you recognize me? He says, no, I've never seen the king before. And the king starts to recount all these different things about the Jew, about his home, about his village, his family. And the Jew says, wow, the king is so wise. He knows everything. And the king says, it's not because of my wisdom. I slept in your house last night. And suddenly the Jew realized what's going on. And the king says, and I want to thank you. No one else took me in. And I want to give you whatever you want. Tell me what you'd like. And the Jew is silent. And the king says, I'll give you a thousand, not just... Of the small coins, I'll give you a thousand gold coins. The Jew is silent. I'll give you a palace. The Jew is silent. I'll give you a whole city. The Jew is silent. Tell me what you want, otherwise you're just going to get your 400 coins. The Jew says, I'll tell you what I want. You see, I'm a peddler, and I deliver furs and wares around my village and just recently, another Jew moved to town who's also a peddler, and he's infringing upon my territory and my market. I would like the king to make a rule that he's not allowed to do business in my village. 
And the king started to laugh, and he said, Rabbi Wertheimer was right. I see that you Jews are a petty people, and it's because of your hatred and jealousy of each other that you are in exile. So Rabbi Mayor Prima Shlaner, great Hasidic master, used to tell this story every year on the holiday of Shavuos, right before the reading of the Torah, where we read about the, the giving of the Torah and the Ten Commandments. And uh, there's different explanations of why he read it. One explanation is that he was saying that in addition to all the lofty ideas that we have to learn about, the giving of the Torah, God revealing himself, going up to the highest level of revelation, we have to remember that at the end of the day, we have to be a mensch. That Derech Eretz is Kadm Torah. Being a human being, having good character traits, being kind and compassionate to each other is the prerequisite for becoming, receiving the Torah. That the Jews had to prepare for the giving of the Torah for 49 days of working on ourselves. And that's why we have custom now for the 49 days of the Sphere's Omer, 49 days of counting the Omer cycle, counting each day from Passover until Shavuos, we try to refine our character, work on ourselves in different ways, especially in the area of kindness and, and relationships with others. But I believe there's another explanation. I think this is quite powerful. That if you really want the king to come into your home, if you want the king to be part of your life, if you want the, to have a relation with the king, if you want the king to give you whatever you need, you have to first be willing to work on your relationships with others. And I think that the idea goes as follows, that this week's connection to this week's Torah portion, this week's Torah portion, Bamidbar, Book of Numbers, begins with the counting of the Jewish people. And Rashi in the commentaries explained that Hashem throughout the Torah counts the Jewish people. And he does so to show us that he loves us. What does that mean? That when some when you're counted, it means Hashem is saying you count. You matter. You make a difference. It means he's counting on you. He needs you. And we count every day of Spheris Omer to recognize that every day counts. And we have an obligation to make each day count, to live each day to its fullest, to utilize our potential to grow and to do kindness. Any day, there was a great rabbi who said, any day that you haven't done a kindness for another person, you haven't lived that day. But additionally, why is it so important during this time? Because the Jewish people, in order to receive the Torah, have to be a united nation. The Torah can only be given to a nation that is like one person. It says when the Jewish people arrived at Mount Sinai, it says they encamped like one person with one heart. They were unified. They were unified, actually. If you read the Torah, it says they camped there under the mountain, and it uses the singular version to camp. Israel camped under the mountain as one person, literally. That it was through the unity that we were able to receive the Torah. And that every Jew is symbolized as a different letter in the Torah. Talmud says that Yisrael, the Zohar I think says that Yisrael, 
Jewish people stands for an acronym, Yesh Shishir Ribayosos Latorah. There are 600,000 letters in the Torah. But there are 600,000 root souls of the Jewish people, and each one corresponds to a different letter of the Torah. That if a single letter is missing from the Torah, the Torah scroll is not kosher. It actually has no holiness. The Torah is only kosher if every letter is there. And so to the Jewish people is only complete if every Jew is there, every Jew is together. So if I look down on you, what I'm essentially saying is that my own Torah scroll is incomplete. Because I need you. And you need me. Our, we are one. We are separate bodies physically, but one soul. We're all united national, as a national entity with our mission and also spiritually we're united as one. So the significance of counting the sphere, there's a very interesting law when it comes to counting the sphere cycle, that if you miss a day, you can no longer make a blessing. Because according to some opinions, well, the Torah says that they need to be, that these 49 days have to be complete. And according to some interpretations, what that means is that you need every single day. You need every single day. So although... Counting each day means that each day counts. It also, there's a not only a progression, not only is each day a separate entity, but it also is cumulative. Each day has compounds upon the other, bringing you closer and closer to Shavuos. We're not counting down to Shavuos, 49 days to go, 48, 47, which is, makes sense when you're counting towards an event. But rather we count up to Shavuos, that each day we're getting one cl step closer by adding up one day upon the other. It's not just that we're counting down, we actually have to get there. And we get there only by counting up. But it's a cumulative effect. If you're missing a day, you don't get there. So too with the Jewish people. When you're counted, it means you count. But it's not that you're one and the next guy's one and the next guy's one. It's that you're one and the next guy's two and the next guy's three. Meaning that each and every one of us are necessary in order to get up to that total count of 600,000. We're all part of the big picture. Without one person, the total number doesn't get reached. We're all a piece in the puzzle. And therefore, we're all needed. So one can perhaps get a misconception from these days, as perhaps the students of Rabbi Akiva did, we've talked about before, that they focus on the counting of themselves, that I count on my working on myself and forgetting the forest from the trees, forgetting the big picture, forgetting about others in my service of God and my self-improvement. Sometimes I can forget about other people. But what the Torah message is telling us is in counting yourself, you also have to remember that you are counted as a part of a bigger number. You're part of a team. You're part of a nation, and others are counting on you. And therefore, before Shavuos, Ramer Plimashlaner pointed out the importance of achtus, of unity. Because in order to receive the Torah, we all have to recognize that we're literally a pyramid, and there are thousands, millions of people standing on your shoulders. Just like we stand on the shoulders of giants of the previous generations, all of them are standing on our shoulders because we're the ones that have to bring about the final redemption. We have to do the last work that's needed in order to bring Mashiach. Wishing you a beautiful Shabbos and a beautiful Shavuos.
of connection, of unity, of recognizing that you matter and you count, but also recognizing your place in the big picture of the whole.